SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. It's almost six minutes past six o'clock. This is the Market Update with MoneyWeb on this Monday evening. Hilton Tarrant with you till 6.30. A reminder of our SMS line, 34701 with a keyword market. 34701 with a keyword market. We'll take uh, one or two of your SMSs before 6.30 this evening. First up, as always, Guguleto and Fupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Finance Minister Praveen Gordon says the rand's volatility is a concern as it's linked to short-term capital inflows and outflows for the country. The currency sank to a near four-year low at 9.18 against the U.S. dollar last week in response to investors' concerns about mining unrest as well as South Africa's ballooning trade deficit, which refers to the amount by which the cost of a country's imports exceed the value of exports. If economic growth proves to be disappointing and strikes have affected the logistics sector, then Transnet will have to cut its planned 300 billion rand capital expenditure program by 50 billion rand. Despite this, the firm's chief executive, Brian Molefe, told a group of investors that at present there are no plans to curtail the program scheduled to take place over the next seven years. And Telcom is looking to cut down on staff numbers in certain areas of its business, offering voluntary severance and early retirement packages before embarking on a retrenchment process, if necessary. Turning to the markets now, the JCO share index is up in positive territory by two-thirds of a percent to close at 40,984 points. The rand's at 9.11 against the U.S. dollar, 13.57 to the pound, 11.87 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,580 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $110, and the platinum price at $1,599 an ounce. Thanks, Agu. Seven minutes after six o'clock. David, uh, that transmit story, it's not often you hear uh, rumors, murmurs of curtailment. Yeah. That's, that's big numbers. I mean, that's, that's a huge number. And it's all part, you know, transit is all part of the, uh, the uh, infrastructural development that we need that is so vital to, um, uh, you know, to, to our future growth. So it's rather worrying that, you know, make those noises. But it's also realistic about where we are. So um, I think, you know, just listening to Gugu talking about, about the RAND at 9.18, and I think all the worries, um, we, we've allowed this to happen, you know. Mm. We've given people the, uh, the stick to beat us with, whether it strikes, whatever is happening. And um, I think hopefully it just shakes people in government up and also maybe in business as well. But you it's, it's a, it's a I, you know, it's a fairly serious, because we, we haven't responded, Hilton, we haven't come back. Normally when the RAND weakens, you know, you get periods of weakness and then it pulls back and then I thought by this stage we'd have recovered to below eight, you know, below nine, uh, to the 880 kind of level or thereabouts. Not at all. We just seem to be weakening, um, virtually every day. 912, 913 mm. against the US dollar mm. today. Our market, uh, up today. Very strong. Mm. Um, also puzzling because, we woke up to news out of China that there was uh, the production numbers and also retail sales were lower than analysts were expecting. Maybe the pace of recovery or the pace of rebound not as as, as strong as everyone expected, and uh, it hurt markets slightly. And I thought that would set the pace for the for the rest of the day, but uh, not at all. You know, we just kept going stronger. Looked for commodity prices, no big change there as well. Uh, gold and platinum both remain under sixteen hundred dollars an ounce. Oil not going anywhere. So, uh, in a surprise to see mining shares as strong as they were with gold leading. Yeah, gold shares recovering, yeah. Uh, ticking up. 
But it may be it may be gearing that that at these levels they're so cheap that perhaps this is the best place to be. But bulletin anglers were stronger. Kumba went ex dividend today. That's why you you might see the losses. But uh, it went weaker than it's than its dividend. Zara even with the strikes was a little stronger. Platinum's okay. So not not a bad day. And then right throughout the you know financials and industrials also a lot of strength there. Bit of profit taking here and there. Nice base. But this coming back a little bit. Kumba, you mentioned they're down 3% mm-hmm. today, down 17 rand, 15 cents. The dividend only 12 rand, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was a little bit weaker. Hilton, there's the concern noises in commodity markets. Um, um, you know, analysts, Strikes not helping? Well, not, not only, I think, globally as well. Just worries about excess uh, supply coming on. Um, you know, a lot of projects that were financed which are being written off. So, um, also not expecting commodity prices to, to go beyond where they are at the moment. So it's up to mines, miners to actually increase production and also uh, introduce efficiencies if we're going to see increase in profits. Because, um, you know, what the market's telling us, you're not going to get it through rising, um, you know, through rising prices. It's going to have to come through through efficiencies and, and, and better production. On the company front, uh, AVI out of the first half earnings, mm-hmm. revenue up 11%. Headline earnings per share only up 8%. That uh, fishing business, <laughs> I&J. <laughs> no. you, you wonder it's, why uh, these companies oh, no, persist oh, with no. fishing. Dave. Well, it's, it's you know, if they would just stick to their brands, I think they'll do better. And hopefully they'll they'll sell fricky fish sticks and uh, you know they'll be able to get rid of it <laughs> because the rest of the business is pretty steady. You know, their 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 biscuits, biscuit snack. Big turnaround in, yeah, bu- in biscuits. And, and also on the retail side, and they call it uh, um, on the shoe side, on, on um, spits, uh, even their cosmetic side. You know, they've got a very nice balance, and then you get the fish. You know, <laughs> so uh, and it's like it's like anything. It's like uh, anything that you produce. You know, it's a commodity. It's difficult. The seas are difficult. You can't catch and so on. Outlook difficult though. Mm. Outlook for the second mm. half very mm. downbeat uh, prospects. Mm. I think they're realistic as well. Um, perhaps they see a tailoring off of domestic demand. I think you've got to be very well placed. I'm surprised though because I would put them in the Woolworths category. You know, upper end of product, not really lower end product. And I thought that from that point of view, the demand for, for their products would be, you know, would help, would, would hold. So you know, if you look at their brands, I'm, I'm a little surprised they're as negative as they are. Sasfin, your employer, out of first half results, uh, headline earnings per share up 22%, return on equity up at 13%, oh. a dividend of 60 cents. And the very first line of the SENS announcement, <laughs> announcement uh, of the results to the market, <laughs> we crows about these two raging bull awards that well, uh, we David Shapiro <laughs> won. You know, we just have to milk it while we can because it's not going to happen next year. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, well, it's hard to make it happen again. It's uh, had a very good year, yeah. Aside from that, mm-hmm. good numbers. Very good. I thought they were very good numbers. I think their business banking side, exceptional. Um, you know, if you consider it's a niche bank, and I'm not, uh, it's not an area that I'm involved with. I'm involved on the wealth side, but you've got to hand it to, you know, to the banking side for exceptional results, but well focused and uh, a solid result. Remgro warning on earnings, headline earnings per share down between anywhere from 33 to 37 percent, all on the back of that uh, Mediclinic mm. debt and restructuring. Mm. If you excluded uh, uh, that, yeah. earnings would actually be up there. Yeah, I don't think you must. I think you've got to look through it. And I look through it as a private Ignore equity it. play. Mm. 
Simple as that. Uh, mm. Redefine this battle between Redefine and Growth Voice of Fountainhead. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> News today that uh, Redefine has bought 18% of Fountainhead. Uh, it says it's the biggest single shareholder of this business. Fountainhead says it still needs to check to <laughs> yeah. make sure. Uh, and, and another. They've got Growth Point in the background. <laughs> and, uh, Redefine has an open offer to acquire up to an additional 175 million shares in that business. That's another 15% mm. stake if you work out the numbers. Mm. So mm. they're bulking up. The, yeah, well, the battle continues. You know, we, we're not sure who's going to win this, uh, you know, who, who's going to win in the end. So it's up, it'll be up to shareholders. But I, I think the people who are going to win out of this are probably all the attorneys and corporate advisors mm. that are going to make a fortune out of this. In fees. In fees. Millions <laughs> and millions of rands in fees. David, uh, Guga mentioned uh, it in the news earlier. Uh, Talcom, voluntary severance and early retirement being offered to pretty much anyone mm. and everyone who, who wants to take yeah, it. It's a business. Yeah, what do you expect? I think uh, management has to take a much closer look at it. Um, it's. I, I've got nothing to say to that. It's just... You know, it's, uh, I, was, I was looking at the market cap because I always look at market caps and, you know, at 8 billion, it, it, it doesn't even, I don't know where it fits now, probably down at number Solid 50 or 60 yards. It has, it's become a mid cap and heading towards small cap, you know. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Quarter past six it is here on the market update. Petrochemicals giant Sasol reported a 13% drop in profit in the six months to December, impacted by one-off charges of 3.6 billion rand relating to its Iranian and German chemicals businesses. If you exclude those one-offs, headline earnings were 2% higher and on a 3% increase in revenue. David Harvest, for every 10 cents Mm. the rand weakens Mm. against the dollar, the company gains 861 million Mm. rand in operating profit, Mm. almost a billion rand. I know. And over today, what, are we, what we were down, another 861 million in revenue. For every, for every $1 increase in mm. the price of a barrel of crude oil, it gains 621 million mm. rand in operating profit. Christine Roman, Chief Financial Officer of Sasol, joins us now. Christine, if you compare the six months that you reported versus the six months a year ago, oil slightly weaker on average, and the rand weakness obviously definitely helping. The rand dollar, the weakest it's been since 2009. Absolutely, Hilton. Good evening. Um, so clearly the rand was on average um, 11% weaker than the prior comparable period, and that by and large offset the softer commodity prices that we saw, uh, both oil prices as well as chemical prices. Our chemical businesses did um, suffer from a margin squeeze. It's not a Sassel-specific issue. It's a chemical industry issue, but, uh, but the rand did save us there. The, the driver of uh, the business remains the synthetic fuels business here in South Africa, uh, really the, the, the core of the group, the core contributor to earnings. Absolutely, Hilton. Our synthuels business increased production volumes by 10%, and clearly that it is a value chain business, so it had a positive effect on the rest of our South African businesses. So that business generated, or let's just say the South African energy uh, businesses generated about 90% of our operating profits and most of the cash flow uh, generation in the group. But we're also very pleased with our international businesses' performance. We've got the RxGTL plant in Qatar, which is a joint venture, Mm. and that also performed extremely well, as did the Iranian business. The Iranian business uh, volumes um, also up ahead of expectations, also did very well. You mentioned Oryx in Qatar there. That plant did have its fair share of issues in startup. Is that running pretty much close to capacity now? 
Absolutely. Uh, it exceeded 90% um, utilization rate uh, for this past six-month period. So I think um, the issues that you mentioned was really in the first um, couple of uh, years. But it's, it's stable and performing ahead of expectations, and we're certainly expecting very good performance um, going forward. We see it as our GTL showcase for our technology, and clearly we're leveraging off this for our growth plans going forward. Speaking of those growth plans, uh, in December, the company announcing uh, that there would uh, or it would commence with front-end engineering and the design phase for two mega projects in the U.S., a gas-to-liquids plant producing primarily diesel and an ethane cracker complex, both in the U.S. state of Louisiana. Uh, you indicated to the market at that point in time that this could cost anywhere from 16 to $21 billion in today's prices. And in RAND terms, that's anywhere from 150 to 200 billion rand. Christine, why the U.S.? I think clearly that's where the opportunity lies. I think um, you know the the advent of shale gas in the U.S. has created significant opportunities for us. Uh, when one looks at the ethane cracker, we we do have an existing ethane cracker in the U.S. that forms part of our olefins and surfactants business. It is currently in Lake Charles, and so we do also have, apart from the competitive feedstock pricing, we've got a competitive market position, uh, in particular in relation to um, to derivative products that we're already producing there. And so it certainly makes sense to scale up the and leverage off our position. I think the same certainly applies to, to the GTL, the U.S. GTL project. We certainly see very attractive opportunities for us, and it will enable us to actually um, capitalize on the arbitrage between gas prices and diesel prices because, of course, um, you know, low gas prices, which is the feedstock into a gas-to-liquids mm. plant, and we actually sell uh, the product, which is diesel prices, internationally um, determined uh, into an international market. And I think, uh, you know, it certainly provides very attractive opportunities for us. And, of course, we're receiving it's a very conducive environment to construct the project uh, right on the Gulf Coast in the, in the petrochemical sector, free availability of labor, we're also receiving very attractive incentives from the state of Louisiana. So I think overall a very good package for us to actually advance opportunities there. In the short to medium term, though, the bulk of your capex and investment still here in South Africa? Yes, we say that uh, we expect to spend uh, 67% for this year in South Africa. It is related to our Secunda Growth Program. Um, we've upped the volumes there, and the balance of that will be completed over the next year and a half. In addition to that, we've actually got, um, um, you know, these uh, sustenance-related capital, sustained business capital that we have to spend on in South Africa. We've also just recently commissioned um, some gas turbines, gas power in, um, in Sasselberg, mm. and we're looking at doing more of that in the future, and our focus is also Mozambique. Mozambique is a heartland for us, and we're looking at doing further on and offshore exploration in Mozambique, as well as additional electricity generation there. That, that electricity generation in Sasselberg, that plant up and running, 140 megawatts at a cost of just under 2 billion rand, are, are you now as Sassel generating a substantial portion of your electricity requirements internally? Yes, we now have the capacity to generate approximately 67% of our own electricity. Um, I think clearly this capacity was actually, um, let's just say, ramped up or made available um, by the end um, of, of last year, 
And so clearly in terms of how we're going to ramp up the actual electricity generation, we'll see that coming through um, in this financial year. Christine, what about carbon tax? The Finance Minister, Provin Gordon, announcing in his budget a couple of weeks ago that that would be uh, implemented from the 1st of January 2015 at uh, 120 rand a tonne, and there are certain percentages and exemptions in place. How are you reading that? Obviously, still very short on detail, a discussion paper and uh, policy paper still in the pipeline. Absolutely. Um, so it's 120 rand a ton from 1 January 2015 and escalating by 10% for five years per annum. Um, CTL and GTL will receive a 67% uh, basic exemption and there are additional allowances for emissions intensive and trade exposed industries. So we are expecting uh, an updated policy paper at the end of March and we will continue to engage with government in this regard. Um, certainly our view is that carbon taxes cannot proceed without a full understanding of its consequences on the economy and, and the impact on employment, job creation, competitiveness and, and trade measures um, in the country. Christine, just to close off with your outlook for the six months, obviously the RAND, the wild card. Absolutely. I think um, a weaker RAND is better for our profitability, but our outlook is a solid operational performance and we've guided to um, certainly uh, good volumes in our businesses across from sin fuels to our international operations. Um, like I said, the macro environment is still very uncertain, so we focus on the factors within our control, which is really volumes, costs, and margins. Costs, big focus for us in our business. Um, we expect cost inflation still to be above PPI, but we're certainly looking at ways of bringing down costs. Christine Roman is Chief Financial Officer of Sasso. David, uh, dividend held at 5 rand mm. 70, but mm. because there's dividend withholding tax, you're actually losing out a little bit. You would, yeah, the 15%. But uh, look, it's uh, compared with the uh, results, I think it's a pretty good dividend. Um, I, I think the market's holding up well at over 400, and that's because of where they're going rather than what they've done now. Um, I think we underplay this whole Louisiana and the whole development. Massive, uh, it is. I know, I'm doing a lot of work on on America and the shale gas, and uh, it's 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 going to really turn this uh, U.S. economy around. And I think the fact that they're there and so well placed uh, in the long run is going to do wonders for Sassel. In the, mm. in the the recent past, China mm. became the biggest importer of oil, mm. uh, overtaking the U.S. for the mm. first time, given that the U.S. is now generating so it's much ge fuel. It's in generating China. and it's also increasing its exports. And, mm. that. and uh, I think by 2020, it will produce 10 million barrels a day versus Saudi Arabia, 9 million. But admittedly, Saudi Arabia's crude is a, is a much purer crude, but still it gives you an idea of how much they will be producing. Two-thirds of their own electricity being generated yeah. internally already. Oh, yeah. already. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. But then again, it's probably cheaper than ESCOM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of ESCOM, David, this, this carbon tax, uh, obviously still very short on detail. I did some sums. Sassel generates about 77,000 tons of CO2 emissions equivalent per annum. So, be so you take this 120 mm -hmm. rand a ton and you can take the exemptions and the 60% and there's another 5% and 10% mm -hmm. here. You're looking at a tax bill at that production of, of somewhere around two and a half, three billion rand a year. So what's that mean? 
What does that mean? It means the government gets money and Cecil gets weaker. And uh, they don't increase production. They don't increase their... Uh, it takes away from future development. So Cecil, Cecil is clear. South Africa's that's exactly what Yeah, I know. But that's exactly what Christine said. You know, just government's got to be careful and, and wary of what these taxes actually mean. For you know, we're we're a developing country. We need to create jobs, not take away. And it's unlikely that you know that they're going to use that tax money for uh, you know for fixed investment as Sassel's done. So yeah, there's a lot of caution. Between July and December, mm. guess how much Sassel paid in tax, direct <laughs> and indirect? I don't know. <laughs> Fifteen billion <laughs> rand, David. Yeah. Fifteen billion rand. Yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 25 after 6, well after a three year delay, the market inquiry provision of the Competition Amendment Act will come into effect on the April the 1st. The proclamation was issued by the President and gazetted on Friday and the move paves the way for the Competition Commission to launch an inquiry into the private healthcare sector, a much mooted inquiry. Paul Kutzer at, uh, is Head of Competition Law at Worksman's. Paul, very quickly, uh, market inquiry, what, what does that mean? Uh, good evening, Hilton. Uh, the market inquiry is a process whereby the Commission can institute a formal investigation into a particular industry as opposed to a cartel investigation or some other complaint investigation. In those cases, the Commission were confined by the complaint that was laid by a third party or initiated by itself. But in this case, the Commission now can uh, reach further and look into an entire industry and summons various market players within that industry to come and testify in um, the public forum and present documentation for them to be investigated. So the Commission can look at any market, say for instance uh, mobile phones and, and mobile operators and and simply launch an investigation into it? Correct. Um, there is a threshold, but the threshold I think is relatively low. The Commission must have a reason to believe that there's a feature or combination of features in the market that prevents, distorts or restricts competition within that market or that um, to achieve the purposes of the Competition Act, which is, of course, very, very broad. So um, once they have a suspicion uh, based on certain, probably some preliminary information that they have, they can then investigate any market. Well, we have seen uh, questions and, and comments by the Health Minister, Dr. Aaron Mozzolelli, regarding an investigation into the private healthcare sector. Is that likely to be the first target? Yes, we expect so. The Commission has previously said um, that they are going to do an investigation into the healthcare sector. They announced it in December of 2011, but they indicated that unlike the banking inquiry where the participants voluntarily stepped forward to testify, uh, they need these extra weapons in their arsenal in order to force the healthcare participants to uh, come and testify. Paul, all very well and good. We have this investigation. What happens after the competition authorities have investigated the market? Well, they've got lots of powers. Um, the, the, probably the simplest one is that they can make recommendations to government to pass legislation um, or regulation to fix the problem that they perceive. But um, the sharper end of that is that they could then uh, lodge a complaint directly at the uh, or refer a complaint directly to the competition tribunal, and the parties involved can then be uh, tried and uh, probably convicted of a competition offence. 
uh, without any further investigation. So the matter goes directly from there then to the competition tribunal. Our thanks to Paul Kutzer, who's head of competition law at Worksman's Attorneys. David, very, very interesting. And I'm not sure interesting is a good thing. I, I, I don't know. That. I always thought that, that healthcare was very competitive. You know, when you listen to the various... Um, members and uh, like the insurance industry. Someone in an office somewhere mm, at the mm. commission can simply look mm. around and say, let's investigate okay, fuel, retail, fuel retail. No, there's got to be reasons why. There's got to be some kind, either a complaint, as Paul mentioned, or something that's got to spark that off. But, uh, you know, every, no one's safe. <laughs> Well, it was a day where the JSC ended up 0.6%, 40,984 points. Resources up by 1%. We saw gold shares up uh, in the region of 1%. Financials, industrials also strong on the day. U.S. markets in positive territory this afternoon. Uh, the rand is at 912 against the U.S. dollar. Gold, $1,580 an ounce. A barrel of Brent crude is at $110 exactly. Well, this has been the SFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Full transcripts of this program available online at www.moneyweb.co.za. Today.